0: So we're talking governor's races today. With an old friend equate, what do we call you calm? We you used to be drinking, buddy. We used to drink together. Can we say yep. that? Yeah, I don't drink anymore. So uh, obviously. Oh, really?
1: You can you can say it. Yeah.
0: You don't drink at all.
1: No. You I gave used it all up. My, I used all my drink tickets up early. You do look thinner,
0: mm-hmm. I must say. You look a lot trimmer and still alive. <clears throat> Home Tune, which the last name I was going to screw up even after all these years, but I, I get it right. Yeah, it's great. You are the founder of 50 of 50 state, which is a D.C. consulting firm, and you're mostly doing policy these days.
1: Well, we represent those folks that spend their time at the political committees like DGA. Oh, OK. So you are doing some policy. RGA, NGA. We don't run campaigns. Right. Uh, my business partner runs a lot of campaigns, Phil Cox. He's obviously well-known to those in Republican circles. Um, and as you know, he ran the RGA when I ran the DGA.
0: Right. So you guys have a lot of horse stories to trade, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. And he he spends a lot of time on campaigns. I don't. I, I really like the corporate stuff. And so yeah. I spend a tremendous amount of time with our clients who tend to be Fortune 100 companies, Nonprofits, trade associations, the frequent flyers at the big committees like DGA, RGA, DAGA, RAGA, RSLC, DLCC, WGA, NGA.
0: Look at all those acronyms. Who's going to know what all that means? I mean, come uh, on. Uh, the insiders. The insiders will. All right. So <coughs> let me just establish. Calm was the executive director of the Democratic Governors Association from 2010 to 2014, I believe. Yeah. You were there like five years? It's four years. Four years. Four four year years cycle. Two cycles.
1: It's but me- the, yes. A cycle. Yeah, the- we take the cycle as four years because, as right. you know, you know, governor's races, governors, except for two states, have a four year term. And so you you ding them all over four years. The last year is the big year. And traditionally, people stay for four years and then the last year they're totally burned dead. And then they leave. Right.
0: And I got to know you when I was first in D.C. I was at Politico. I was I was tasked with covering governor's races. And we would you know, we got to know you guys pretty well. You were Liz Smith. You and I, do you remember Mark Giangreco? Greco?
1: Of course, and Mark Giangreco Greco had worked at DGA. Yes. And he also had worked on an O'Malley campaign.
0: I went to his wedding this summer. Wow. He had an Indian wedding. Nice. It was real it was lovely. Anyway, so I wanted to talk to call him about governor's races and one one thing I'm interested in is we're about a month out From the election, what's it like to be the executive director of the Democratic Governors Association, which is the entity that sits in D.C. for the for the non-political insiders, for people that are listening in Missouri? It's the entity in D.C. that is basically a fundraising and messaging support group to the governors. Around the country. Um, running in in competitive races. Yeah. And so the candidates,
1: they may not be governors yet, but they're candidates. And so over the last couple of years, the team will have the political team will have built a strong relationship with the candidates and their teams. They may have helped to build that team. Another wing of the political operation is operating a independent expenditure or a table of, people in a state that care about the governor's race that could be unions, major donors, the environmental community, you know, all of those people are sitting at a table and maybe spending money on an independent side, the DGA, and the RGA will have somebody who sits over there and manages that there's a firewall between them. So the political director doesn't talk to them. The political director is talking to the campaign manager for a candidate, that could be a governor running for reelect. And They've done all this work of the previous two years and built teams, and now everything is kind of running the way it's running. You're hoping that their plan has come together, that they've got all the money they need to fund their budget right to the end. They've paid for the ads that are going to be on TV in the last week. They are now starting to do field, uh, working with the coordinated campaign in the state if there's a Senate race, as well as. A governor's race and and also the state legislatures are, are probably running as well. And so they're all starting to coordinate to get the vote out, get the early vote in, make sure the mail in ballots are all sorted out. To some extent, Dave, it gets a little quieter uh, in the A DGA. lot of the work has been, the work has been done. done. The work has been done. The money's been raised. The DGA has three. Entities in it, inside it, as you know, it's got communications, fundraising, and politics. And so the, the politics side has completed its plan and it's moving forward. The fundraising folks have largely raised all the big money they can. And now they're out there grabbing last minute money. And the political team is saying, if we could just have another $500,000, we could go on radio, which yeah. is really important now in... You know, in Nevada, Oregon, yeah, or Nevada, give us give us more money. And so they're going to people like me now. And they're saying, have any of your clients want to give money early for next year? Would you give some money for next year? Give it early and we'll push it out the door into tiny little programs. So there's a bit of a there's a bit of a scramble and literally our office will start to empty out as people from the DJ and RGA will actually go out and send them
0: into the States. Yeah. Okay. So but as the executive director on like a Tuesday morning, three to four weeks before the election, are you feeling calls from like campaign managers? Are you are having to call campaigns and say, Hey, this check, we can't, we can't do it. We can't send money here. What, like, what is, what was your like morning? What was your priority morning look like? three weeks out. Are you like on the phone? Are you still talking to donors? Are you just dealing well, with internal staffing issues?
1: Yeah. So you're always talking to donors and you're talking to your corporate. You may be the one who has to make that call to say to pharma, Hey, would you mind forward funding a little bit um, for next year? And, and we will, we will make sure we we'll take care of you, especially next year if you can fund up a little bit early. For a particular race, do you say, Hey, for, oh. No, you can't do that. Obviously, you can't direct money that you give to the DGA to go to a particular race. So, no, for them, it's really just about their, you know, their participation in the organization. Yeah, they understand the fourth year of a four-year cycle. There's a real push for money, and we would really appreciate if they could fund Little Early. So you might okay. be making some calls like that. You'll be okay. getting calls from the chair of the DGA, who this year is Governor Cooper, and he's going to be saying – um. What do I say to the press? I got to go and meet the press on Sunday. He was on this Sunday talking. Okay. about.
0: OK, so he's his. asking for messaging advice.
1: He's talking about he's asking for messaging advice. And he's also asking, how are we doing? Because then right. other governors might be calling him. People right. are asking how are you doing. He's also getting calls, as I am, from people who are saying, look, it looks like this race may be slipping away. We're going to need extra money. Now, they're the very painful calls because some of them are not going to get it because their race is ending. They are headed in the wrong direction with too little time at the end. And, no, you know, we can pump a lot of money in, but it'll just bring them from seven points down to two points down. They are very tough calls. And you might get those calls from third parties that apply a lot of pressure, old friends of yours. What's the toughest call
0: that you made when you were E.D.?
1: Well, I'll tell you, uh, Arkansas was a place where uh, we were getting calls from a lot of Clinton people, and they were very high pressure calls. That was a very tough race. What race was that?
0: Arkansas governor's race. Yeah, that was uh Hutch uh Hutchinson or no?
1: That was I'm trying to remember the
0: Arkansas governor's race. What it was it? Twenty. 20- trying to
1: remember who was it was. It was the uh, member of Congress. Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Democratic member of Congress who was running. And he had never been above 50. He was seven points down. And all the D.C. Clinton people were pressuring to fund, fund, fund. And it was a very difficult race. Uh, And you also get calls from folks who they're going to win. And still they want Mike
0: Beebe and Jim Keat was 2010. Is this now Beebe was
1: retiring? And that was the problem. Beebe was the last of the Democrats that could hold that that could hold that. So
0: 2014 was asa hutchinson versus mike ross
1: mike ross was a member of congress that was a Blue that was York the tough Democrat. One. and he was very tight with bill clinton and and it was very tough because we really didn't feel like he was going to win but also we you get you get calls from folks that are going to win who still want money and it, that's very difficult because they can be right they can now. Be why governor. is that?
0: Why is that if you're like a, if you're like a shoe in like Gavin Newsom isn't calling. Right. No, not or like at all. No. So who would who would that? But like like uh Pritzker? He no, wouldn't no, call. no, 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 no. He know. wouldn't
1: call. OK. Um Well, Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania, it was a very difficult situation where we really did want people around Governor Wolf were were were, were nervous, maybe but we felt strongly the governor was gonna win. And so yeah. that's a difficult one as well. Some, you know, folks raise a lot of money and then sometimes they say, well, we'd like this this money. I mean, I- I'll be honest. Uh, you know before i came in there were lots of races where people were going to win by large margins but they'd raised a lot of money for the DGA and they wanted the money back you know to fund their race and right. they're very difficult conversations you know and in Pennsylvania the governor was going to win and some folks around around the governor were were like hey we we raised some money for the governor we'd like to we'd like the funding to come from DGA for the state and and we you're like, "Nope, them. sorry.
0: That that, that, that
1: check is cashed difficult. and going elsewhere." It'd be very difficult if somebody is going to win. Yeah. The the
0: on the do you do you look at the map this year? You referenced races that are slipping away. Do you see any this year that are slipping away at this point that as executive director you'd have to say, "Sorry, can't send any more help."
1: I'll tell you a difficult race for the that you talk about a race where everybody's excited about it. There was a race in Texas a number of years ago, and this is often very common where all the donors are very, very excited about it. And, and yet you just don't feel like that candidate is going to win Wendy Davis and millions and millions of dollars nationally are flowing into an exciting race, but it feels like that race is, is just not one that we can influence. And the other, the other factor is, is that's like Texas this year, probably. Definitely. I mean, not right. Beto, Beto can't win that race. No, no. And and I, I would posit that much and all those people are excited that it's hard to believe that any contribution from the DGA is going to help Charlie Crist make up the deficit between right. You know him and DeSantis. The gap is just so big that sometimes your your contribution is just not going to make the difference.
0: When you see a when you say a gap is big, does that mean? five points, seven points when you're looking at polling and say, this is too in, in much. In that
1: case, I was actually talking about the money gap. Oh, okay. You know, gotcha. You, you know, if you send $2 million to Governor Sisolak in Nevada, that could be a game changer. Yes. You send $2 million. Plus it's
0: a smaller state. Florida is so big.
1: You Yeah. You send $2 million to Florida and- DeSantis is raising $150 million. Yeah,
0: yeah it's gargantuan is so, what, what he's doing. You know, what
1: you have is a map, and you have to divide up your resources as to the, where you get the biggest bang for your buck How you, and, and how important a race is that you're the most important factor in it. Like, to some extent, there are states where, like Wendy Davis in Texas or Beto in Texas or even Charlie Crist in Florida. The world is looking at that race and they're very excited about it. But yeah. Janet Mills in, in Maine is really important. She's a great governor. She's very important to people right. in Maine. And yet maybe she has difficulty reaching donors in California that Charlie Chris doesn't. So DGA has to help her.
0: Smaller states is where you guys can make a bigger impact because the focus isn't there, right? Absolutely. I'm I'm thinking even I'm thinking of this year's map. I mean, you mentioned Sisolak in Nevada. That is a battleground race, right? And isn't your first your first mission at the DGA is always to protect incumbents. So Absolutely. Sisolak would be at the top of what you, you would need to do, right? Or what the DGA is doing now is protect Sisolak in a battleground state that's not only important to Nevadans, but is important to
1: Democrats nationally because it's a presidential battleground. Laura Kelly in Kansas, uh, Janet Mills in Maine. And you look at another state. which. Who's is against- the most vulnerable of those? I tell you, I've been a little bit surprised Uh, if you told me a year ago that Laura Kelly would not be the most endangered governor in America. I would be shocked. But she's not. She isn't. She is not. Who is? Just like Laura Kelly has has done an amazing job. And I would think about that race a bit like Louisiana, a state with a lot of Republicans. Yep. The governor got elected because he was running against somebody who was fatally flawed, Vitter. But four years later, you're running. He built
0: built something.
1: Yeah. And you're running against somebody who's kind of acceptable in a Republican state. But you've established a relationship with the voters. Laura Kelly's done a great job on that. And um, she hasn't been distracted. She um, delivered on very, very pocketbook kitchen table issues issues you know, getting rid of a grocery tax and and just doesn't get distracted. And, and I think she's done a great job and I think she's going to win, which is really it.
0: You a think top she's going to win. But but Sisolak, what is his problem? Is, is he just, I think, a victim of, it, of the environment in Nevada, the, the economic yeah. covid hangover, which I hear so much
1: about in the Senate race? Yeah, I think there's a, a couple of factors in Nevada. First of all, we tend to think of it as a, president, as a Democratic state in the presidential now, but it's really not. It's a total 50-50 state. Um, I mean, it is filled with, uh, with Republicans. And Harry Reid held together a machine that maybe helped Democrats overperform for, over for a few years. Harry Reid's gone now, and it's become a more normal political environment. Um, Is
0: that really the truth? Just because he's died, the whole apparatus—like he wasn't really running the apparatus, was he? Where's all the people that do the work?
1: Well, I think he held they it together. They just went away. I think he held it together and 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 did the fundraising and um, was a, a focal point for for those who maybe didn't even want to participate in that machine, but did because Harry would twist their arm. Um, I, I think the industry was battered and it's a bit of a one industry state. Yeah. I think it's come back and the, people are still
0: pissed off from having to shut down their business for they a year. Are, or... Well,
1: I think a little differently. The governor did a good job on all of that, but uh, very few States are as impacted by a travel ban as the state of Nevada uh, where, okay. you know, casinos had to close and so many people owe their livelihood to the casinos one way or the other. And while the gaming is back, The conventions are still not 100 percent back, but also people are just traumatized and they're economically traumatized as a result of the impact. Um, And they are blaming incumbents. I mean, you always remember at the end of the day, you're incumbent, you own it. And so they blame incumbents a little bit for that. And they're going to blame for blame them for uh, higher gas prices and and inflation and, and a host of other economic issues. I think he's a good fit for the state. I think he does a good job, but in Nevada, you see the same issues affecting Masto. And that is an issue where in these swing states, you've got that overlap. And
0: I love all your pets keep walking in, in the background. I'm enjoying it.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> the, uh, what you've got is Masto's not necessarily helping them. Whereas, you know, we see a little bit of ticket splitting, uh, Which I thought was kind of completely dead, but we see a little bit of it around the country. For example, I think in, in, I I actually think that Warnock will do better than Stacey Abrams in, in, right. I think that's a given. Yeah.
0: And I think, but she's going to lose too. It's going to be very tough to beat a Republican incumbent this year. It looks like just looking at the map. I don't see a Republican
1: incumbents. It's difficult to beat incumbents anyway. Yeah, I know. I was looking at it. It's like
0: the last incumbent that lost was uh, Kentucky Bevin. You guys beat Bevin. Yeah. Um, And then 2018, there actually was four that went down. That was a big year. But usually it's like one incumbent. 2018 because you beat Walker. Yeah. Although Tony Evers, how do you, is he more, is he, he's less vulnerable than Syslac, but he, is he more vulnerable than Kelly? Kelly? Where would you put Wisconsin? I think he's as vulnerable as Sisolak. Oh, he's as vulnerable as Sisolak. Yeah. So again, Evers and Sisolak, again, Nevada again, and Wisconsin.
1: You, you got, you got exactly where I was going. That's a state where I think the Senate candidate is not helping the ticket. Right. Mandela Barnes is, is a little bit of a drag on Evers. Um, is he? But he's below the ticket. Evers is the top of the ticket. Mandela know, will drag on on Evers. Sometimes in a Senate race like that, there's more money being spent on the Senate candidate because you've yeah. got so much national money and the Senate is so much in play that yeah. the airwaves are being dominated on the Senate side, not on the not on the governor side. Right. And you have no confidence in that Senate race, I guess. That's not the, uh, it seems to me from looking at the polling, it's not my area but looking at the polling mandela Barnes seems to be sliding a little bit and yeah and i've seen some talk that money is going to leave that race and go to other
0: you read that on too close to call that's where you read that Uh (laughs) uh-huh exactly
1: where i read it where the money's going to north carolina that's right
0: yes 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 i did read it i wrote that i I I love that
1: that. isn't it great i love that you
0: just cited that yeah, Shout you, out. you
1: hear your own news <laughs> come back around being quoted back as evidence and now you'll take that as affirmation that you're right. I love, I love that. that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just think, look, it's a very tough national environment. 70% of people think that the country's going in the wrong direction. Yeah. You'd expect to see big losses in the midterms anyway. And it's no surprise that all of this is happening in those swing states that are on everybody's mind anyway. Michigan, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Nevada. Wisconsin, and it, the miracle is that in Kansas w- we don't have that automatic loss. Look, uh, one thing we're forgetting: there's no, there's no reason to believe that Democrats were actually goodly, absolutely going to win Massachusetts and Maryland. But, but they are. No Those are pickups, there. and that's because Republicans shot themselves in the foot in their primaries. In the primaries, and and Baker. Probably would have won a third term if he was the Republican candidate, but he wouldn't run in a Republican primary because he didn't think he could win. Now,
0: yeah, that's a wild statement, but that's our that's our environment. That's the Republican environment right now where the tougher race in many instances is the primary and getting on the wrong side of Mr. Maga. I want to talk
1: about Maryland is the same, right, where you've got Larry Hogan actively saying don't support the Republican candidate for governor because yeah. he's an unacceptable Republican. So it looks like the governors
0: overall are going to be a wash. Like you guys are going to pick wash. up Massachusetts and Maryland. Yep. And then Oregon's looking dicey for you. I don't it, that looks like it could slide the other way to to the Republicans. I don't know how you, if you have a quick thought on Oregon.
1: I do. I think Oregon is a little bit like Maine used to be where the third party is is the the big factor right i also think that the third party is actually being driven by republicans in order as a strategy in order to get the republican candidate to win not because they think that 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 you know betsy can win herself she's driven mainly by phil knight who wants i think the republican to win not her so she's slipping below the 30 percent that she had at the very beginning you know as the more information becomes available She's heading down towards 20%, but I think more of that 20% support for her is coming from Democrats than Republicans. And, you know, it's a state where the governor, the incumbent Democratic governor is the least Popular. very unpopular governor in the and country.
0: that's just got to be an example of a state that is probably tough to get national donors interested in right oregon right. like who cares who believe. the governor
1: of oregon But so they don't believe that oregon is going to go republican
0: oh and they also don't believe they think that's a safe blue state right so that could slide away and then you the three incumbents we talked about Sislec, kelly evers nevada kansas wisconsin new mexico know, oh new mexico you think that's also in the vulnerability? I watched him debate the other day and I didn't think he was that good. I know Republicans yeah. are hot. Rashetti is his name. I didn't think he was like that impressive. He was like reading off of the paper during debate. And I don't know, as a communications person, I'm like, where's yeah.
1: the. Which is interesting because he was the weatherman. And so he's used to being in front of the camera. Right, but he's still probably reading a teleprompter. Having worked in local <laughs> news, you're just reading what somebody else wrote for you. Exactly. Um, um, so, I wanted... can I can I can I just do one high level link them all? Sure, up? sure, sure. The sure thing sure, I missed sure. about Cisilak was Hispanic voters. Hispanic voters there, Hispanic voters in Arizona, Hispanic voters in New Mexico. Democrats have got to stop treating Hispanic voters like Hispanic voters and start talking to them like voters. Hispanic voters. So like what does that, that mean?
0: Th- the same messaging you do for white people, you do to Hispanics, you don't focus on immigration. Like, is it just that means they're everybody's pretty much the same? Is that what we're learning? That Hispanics are not really that much different than anybody else?
1: is well, first of all, a Hispanic voter in is very different from a Hispanic voter in New Mexico, is very different from a Hispanic voter in Miami. And so we just haven't paid enough attention. I've said this since the day I got into DGA. I've said it again and again and again. Stop talking to women about what we think are women's issues because women are people. Stop talking to Hispanics about things that we think are Hispanic issues because they resent being put in a box. They may agree with you on the issue. You know, Hispanics actually largely... um, agree that there should be immigration reform, Hispanics largely agree that um, they get treated, you know, poorly by Republicans, and that's why they're, they're, they're less Republican. But other than that, their number one issue is the economy. The number two issue is the economy. The number three issue is the economy. We have But aren't started. a lot of them you know about uh,
0: anti-abortion because they're religious and they're Catholic?
1: Well, you know, or evangelical. What I loved, actually, in the last two weeks, there were just an amazing amount of analysis coming out of some really good research on Hispanics. Hispanics are not that much different from the rest of the population when it comes to abortion. So Even divided. Hispanic men are kind of like similar to, to non-Hispanic men when it comes to abortion. They you it that's not their issue their issue is that if you keep talking to them about abortion it means to them you don't understand that they are most concerned about inflation the economy small business jobs education and the issues that they really care about they just don't prioritize abortion the way democratic activists are prioritizing abortion and they feel like democrats don't put the economy first the reason why they're persuadable this year in a way that they haven't been persuadable in a while is not because they're more conservative. It's that they they like the fact that Republicans talk about the economy because that's what matters to them, but they actually think Republicans don't care about them. Mm. They don't like the way Democrats don't talk to them about the economy, but they actually think that Democrats do care about them as working people. Therefore, they're totally gettable by Democrats, but not if Democrats come to them and want to talk to them about immigration and abortion. You're not understanding where they are. We care right now about pocketbook issues. Talk to us about pocketbook issues and we'll vote for you. Okay.
0: I want to end with Arizona because it's my favorite race of the cycle. Carrie Lake is fascinating to me. I think she's going to be a national figure if she wins the governor's race. And I got to say your candidate, Katie Hobbs, is kind of running scared and I don't understand the strategy there. She doesn't want to debate. She's not, she won't even, she didn't show up to a a recent Hispanic forum and stand on the stage. Like you're not going to the you're talking about Hispanic voters. She didn't go to the Hispanic forum is sitting on the ball with a, in the fourth quarter when you're in a tied game. And I think that's what Katie Hobbs is doing. Would
1: you be advising her to do that? I would not. I think that Carrie Lake is very, very beatable if you really tease out everything that she believes. And you got to do that in front of the voters and, and expose her for what she is. She's completely- So you got to
0: meet her on a debate stage, right? I would.
1: I yeah. would. I mean, look, I totally understand somebody who's, who's 20 points ahead, who doesn't want to mess up and, and, and give somebody ammunition. But in a tied race where you really feel strongly about your issues, I think you should put it out there. And I think that's a good example of where the debates can, can help with, I think people are a little bit afraid of Carrie Lake's communication skills because she's a very good communicator.
0: She's the best.
1: She is. She's very good. So people are a little bit afraid of that, but she on her issues, she's she's better than Trump, which is, if I was a
0: dem, I'd be a little scared of that. She's very good. First of all, She's better than Trump. Mark it here. She will if, be a national person who's star afraid, if she's the governor of Arizona. She'll be running who's for president.
1: Gotta be scared of her as DeSantis. Because she's right. No, I agree. Him.
0: I agree. She's much White better than DeSantis. Or not. Absolutely. She's and much better than DeSantis. She is.
1: And what we know is that Trump voters love celebrity. They love excitement. They love entertainment. That's what they feel they get from Trump mm. the unexpected. And DeSantis is totally the expected, calculated, uh, uh, you know, pandering to the populist crowd. And, but he's well, and he walks around the scowl. There's no
0: joy. I was no. talking to this with a buddy the other day. He's saying, "Oh, DeSantis is the future. He's gonna." Cr- no. cr-. I'm like, Trump is the thing about Trump is he's funny. Yeah, and he, he has well. fun. DeSantis is all scowl, and he does these, you know, these these cultural jokes that are these cultural lines that are just he's picking off a Fox and and
1: OAN and like he's a bit conventional. And it's very it, As a politician, whereas yes. she's not. And that's why I think that she will be a big threat to DeSantis. So, I, I don't know. Well, but, but, but Okay, but she's got to win this
0: race it. first. You, it sounds like you think she is the favorite in this
1: race. I think she's, I think it's a 50-50 race. Yes. And I think we also have to, the, the one thing I will say about, again, ticket splitting when it comes to the Senate is there's a lot of money gone in there. Mark Kelly is doing a great job. He's very, very good. We forget Arizona is a conservative state, and again, it's another example of where Democrats have kind of felt, "Oh my God, these states are all for us," and again, Hispanics are all our voters, and right. you know, demography is beating to-
0: Trump was the anomaly because he was such a freak of nature candidate, uh-huh.
1: right? Except, you know, we've seen the uh, the Trump rural and small town voter has continued to come out and vote, and I do think they're underrepresented in polling. I do. So you're
0: worried about that. So the polling, you got to add a point to the Republicans. If you're, if you're tied, you're down one.
1: And I think it's partly because they don't participate in the polls. And you look at a couple of these polls, especially from the, you know, the universities and places that kind of poll every, every year or every two years. Yeah. And sometimes you got 45% of the voters are college educated. they're polling because the non-college educated voters are not picking up the phone or they're not talking to them and if if that's who you're talking to you're not you're not getting a real slice of that electorate because that non-college voter i think is going to come out and the white non-college voter is becoming more and more trump all the time it's hard to believe he's pulling out more voters instead of less now democrats are pulling out more voters too and how and And abortion has helped that energize a lot of those suburban folks. I mean, I think those suburban voters, men and women, were starting to kind of come back around to the Republican Party. And I do think that the abortion ruling has maybe reminded them of why the Republican Party is probably not for them.
0: Okay, final two questions for you Who is the Democratic governor that you see most likely ascending to the national stage
1: because of their raw political talent? I think Phil Murphy is actually a really Jersey. Smart, yeah, he's a smart, smart player. I really like him, and and I do think that he knows how to raise money. He knows how the national uh, environment works because he was the finance chair of the DNC. He has, uh, you know, a lot of bare knuckle experience in New Jersey. He's an older white man that makes it kind of harder, right? Like, mm-hmm. look, I have to be honest. I think there's a nice new crop. I think Gretchen Whitmer is the one who people think is kind of next in line to be an emerging figure. And in fairness to her, I thought she got much better in the last couple of years. I did think in the beginning when Trump attacked her and she was kind of thrust into the spotlight, I'm not sure she was as good as she is now, Mm. but it's a testament to the fact that, you know, as she's got reps in, Yeah. And she's, you know, double digits ahead in her race which I think is amazing considering Michigan. Yeah, that's up. that's
0: wild that that's a battleground state. If she wins okay. that by double digits, there'll also be if Biden runs again, I think there'll be rumors to flip Kamala out for her as a V, but that's a different So totally Gretchen really different. is
1: very good, very likable, very nice, very smart. Wes Moore is the one to watch, Dave, right? Wes Moore is going to be the next governor of Maryland. Uh he's got a great really? story, he's very dynamic, he's very exciting. Uh, he energizes people. He's telegenic, photogenic, beautiful, smart. Uh, he's the man on the rise.
0: Now, which governor was the biggest pain in the ass to deal with?
1: <laughs> no names, Dave. You know that. You know that. No Come names. on. You can no, say no. Cuomo. He's gone now. no of course he never had to deal with Cuomo because he never showed up
0: he never showed up right he was I'll tell you who I
1: loved and you know I didn't see enough of him and I really would have liked to have seen more Jerry Brown Jerry Brown was always an amazing person to be around
0: fun yeah yeah. super
1: interesting guy for sure yeah he was great he was great and Martin O'Malley the greatest governor in the history Uh, (laughs) ah
0: there you go staying loyal I appreciate that calm This was so
1: good. We got to do this again. Oh, Dave, I'd love it. Uh, um, or even do like I would say drinks days. in DC,
0: but maybe a coffee instead.
1: Exactly. Why not? I'm still Why I'm not? still able to yammer on for hours, even if I'm not drinking.
0: Yeah, this was so fun. Thanks for doing it. Thanks, I'll, Dave. I'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye.